Hello and welcome to the November 27th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today, and of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. I hope that everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I have to say that mine was actually not so bad. So many times, especially those of us with bipolar disorder, will predict what they anticipate to happen at specific social events. And mainly for Mr. Joe, holidays were always a very rough time for me. Specifically get-togethers, I was never an easy person to get along with, no matter who my significant other was. I always found a way to bring gloom and doom to whatever holiday there was. I always found a way to start a fight. I always found a way, um, at least 70 to 80% of the time, to start so much of a fight that I was able to weasel my way out of whatever event I was supposed to be at because my significant other was quote-unquote so mean to me that I didn't want to be around anybody or, you know, the fight was so intense that I couldn't join that particular person and be around others because I was so stressed out because it was your fault, not mine, yours. And you would think that at some point a person would recognize that they are the sole reason as to why every holiday is miserable. And, you know, I never put my finger on it as I was growing up. I used to hear all the time that my mother, around holiday times, you know, and this would come from various aunts and uncles and rumblings from my grandmother would say, you know, your mom is so miserable come the holiday times. And my mother would chalk it up to always being the one to have to celebrate or hold the celebration and prepare and host. Really what it came down to is while that might have been true, if I think back to my childhood, she was just actually a miserable person every time the holidays came around. And You would think, after being told on so many occasions, such as myself, was told time and time again, like, you ruin every holiday, you ruin every birthday, you ruin every event, at some point it would sink in and you would actually recognize the fact that literally every single social event that you're supposed to be a part of has been destroyed. And somehow, some way, it took me until now until I'm properly medicated to get through a couple of holidays to actually realize that, holy good God, I was the sole reason as to why fights used to blow up and things would get crazy. And it was all due to my bipolar disorder. It was all due to whatever mood swing I happened to be in at that time. It all had to do with my social anxiety. Uh, It had to do... My goodness, you know, it's almost hard to put your finger on it. And those of you with bipolar disorder probably know what I mean. 
I sometimes didn't need a reason to want to not be somewhere. It just kind of came over me. Maybe because it became habit after some time. And, you know, I, and I've stressed this before also. We anticipate or we predict what we think is going to happen and perceive things in a certain way and, you know, um, possibly based on previous experiences, possibly based on our interactions with certain people that we're going to be confronted with. So we make these predictions and they overrule our thought process and creep up into our brain and cause these ruminating thoughts and racing thoughts to basically take over and then we anticipate what our holiday is going to be like and most often we view it as going to be miserable when we in fact are probably wrong about all our perceptions and um, you know there was never any other way and never any holiday or event or time of year or time in my life as of this past Thanksgiving in which I should have anticipated that it was going to be a difficult get-together because I really didn't know anybody that was going to be there. But I have to tell you, in all the years that I've celebrated Thanksgiving, this was one of the most enjoyable Thanksgiving celebrations that I ever had. It really was. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because it's very possible because it was so routinely organized that it sat well with me. It was so interesting in the sense where everybody's names were on a little um, folded piece of paper in front of their chair. So we all knew where to sit. And some of the little kids had done that, um, you know, part of the family. Um, I don't remember their names, but... You know, great kids treated my son really well and played with him, and it was just great. And, you know, everything went in a very routine, organized fashion, and I got to leave when I wanted to leave for the most part. I mean, it was just great. It was just really great. The food was great. So I had a great Thanksgiving, and I really hope that the majority of you, if not all of you, well, that's my ultimate prayer, is that everybody out there had a a decent Thanksgiving, because I know if I would ask for everybody to have an unbelievable one, or the best one like Mr. Joe has had in quite some time, I know it would be asking a lot of everybody, and I certainly don't want to put that pressure on anybody. I think just having a halfway decent holiday is good enough for me, so hopefully you enjoyed your time. I'll tell you one thing, one thing that has not left my brain is this physical ailment that continues to bother me. Now, I did read the radiologist report, and there are no indications of any screws of any kind. However, my doctor has not called me back. Speaks a lot about mucus lining, mucus buildup. Speaks about a deviated septum. Speaks about some kind of abnormality. Um, you know, and I'm making all these assumptions as to what's going on, and I still try to tie it back to the screw. And I am convinced once I speak to my doctor, which, by the way, I've been holding off on that, rather than calling them, I'm waiting for them to call me because I just, you know, I'm one of those people that just keeps on blowing off the bad news and doesn't want to hear it. And we'll wait till the very last minute because I am so scared of what is going to be told to me. And it's kind of sad because I really could have the answer probably now but I choose not to get it. I'll, instead, I'll wait for them to call me 
like a moron, keep analyzing the written radiology report, coming up with different um, summarizations as to why I feel the way I do, when in actuality I could just get on the phone with a doctor. But nevertheless, we'll, we'll forget about that for now. We'll hop right into my mental state. And it's important that I report on this because while I'm having a good day today, once again, very racy, very talkative, very high strung, there is no doubt that I am experiencing what we would refer to as rapid cycling and mixed episodes. Now, I have not complained about the mixed episodes in quite some time, but I'm going to tell you that we're here on Tuesday and since Friday, I have really been experiencing a lot of ups and downs, a lot of ups and downs with no real reason as to why they are occurring. Nothing has changed in my life. Um, and I'm just going up and down. And for the most part, been a lot more down lately than I've ever been before in a long time. To the point where my wife has been able to point it out and has simply said to me, what is wrong? Not that she doesn't know what's wrong and not in a, in a demeaning way, but like, what's wrong? honey, you know, and anticipating the unfortunate response of, I'm just really depressed and I don't know why. Now, I did do Christmas decorations on Sunday and I put them all out on my lawn, hung up the lights. My older children were around while they didn't participate too much. Um, They were there, which made it enjoyable for me and my little guy and the two kids, and my wife, and I have to say, even through all of these ups and downs, I was actually able to get the decorations done with more patience than I normally present with, and even my older kids made comments. Um, Sometimes I, I, I feel a little sad that I'm decorating a new house in comparison to the one I used to decorate where they lived. Um, because their mother doesn't do anything, and the mother's boyfriend doesn't do anything, and I almost feel like I'm supposed to go there and decorate too, but it's just not the way that it is. Um, And they seem to appreciate that I do it at least one house. I get those done, and they're older. Uh, But one thing for sure is they remember me doing it when they were younger. (laughs) My daughter made a comment. She said, oh, God, every time Daddy would do the lights, it would be a nightmare. But again, I have to say that I got through it. I made it through. I had some moments of impatience. Certainly did. As a matter of fact, it's so interesting how you're doing something, no matter what it is, I always feel like it's either the first and or the last thing that you have to do to complete a project. More often than not, the very last thing that will complete whatever you're doing, I always seem to have a hard time with. It's like you get to that point, you're so happy to be done, and then you're like, oh, my God, like this really has to happen. This, this piece of equipment doesn't work or doesn't stake in properly. Now, you had to see me in the beginning. Um, the very first decoration that I took out was actually the one decoration that I recall hating when my wife pulled up to the house with it, and I'm like, what are these things? They were these little miniature white trees that, honestly, when I first got them last year, they they took me, I'm not even kidding, they took me like an hour to figure out. And when it was all said and done, 
it was probably the most simplest thing that you could ever imagine. There were these two clips that clipped into the spot where the spot was perfectly clear, and it kind of pulled the trees down, put them into place, and you stake them in the ground, plug them in, and you're ready to go. Well, it was like I had a bad memories when these things were pulled out. Of course, the very first box that I opened are these damn trees, and I'm like, dear God, here we go again. And rather than recalling what I did to make it work last time around, of course, I immediately get bent out of shape that once again, here are the trees that I didn't want my wife to buy in the first place. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. And instead of concentrating on what it needed to be done, you know, I'm, I'm bending them and trying to pull them and, you know, oh, I can't do this. I don't believe this. I mean, why did you buy these things? Meanwhile, she bought them over a year ago and, you know, she's like, I, I can't go back and return them now. Why can't you just get rid of them? Let's throw them out. I, I can't believe that I have to go through this. The very first thing that I have to do. No wonder why I always hate doing these lights. So I didn't start off too well. As a matter of fact, one of them I pulled so hard that it cracked, and I'm like, well, that's it. Now we're done. And no matter what, though, no matter how many times my wife kept saying, move on, I'll figure these out, I was obsessed, obsessed with figuring them out. And ultimately, I did. And if I was to complain about one thing, it was the fact that I could not move on past that first part, just could not move on to the next part until I figured out that part. Now, on top of that, and the reason why I say I had patience, everybody, is because I did some icicle lights up top, you know, across the um, garage and across the roof of the house. And I have to tell you, I got to a point where I hung up the ones all the way to the right, right of the house. And when we tried to figure out the inflatables and all these bushes that had to be lights in them, I, I had the wrong side of the plug facing where it needed to be, basically, or where it not needed to be. So I had to go up there, and I had to use gutter clips. And like a moron, now I'm up on the ladder, and I take down all the lights. All I have to do is reverse them, okay, put the plug over here where the plug was over there. And as I'm taking them down, now I can't remember where the plug was to begin with. So like a complete fool, I put them back up the same way they were. And I had to do it all over again. I mean, it was, you know, those were some of the things that really threw me off. Um, but I got through it. I made through it. And in the end, it worked out pretty well. Of course, again, the very last thing was once again something that my wife came home with last year that I wanted to strangle her for. They were these big, giant bulbs, red, green, and blue. And they look like just giant light bulbs that go on a tree really pretty, but they all have one plug. So they don't simultaneous plug into one another. So in order to keep them all plugged in, and they create a pathway, in order to keep them all plugged in, you have to keep adding extension cord after extension cord. Now she had nine of them, nine of these dumb bulbs. So at this point now, I'm, I'm running out of extension cords. I'm running inside to find additional ones. And, and I'm saying, the whole time I'm cursing, I'm saying, what in the world did you buy these things for? I mean, who buys bulbs? Uh, listen, Christmas lights are nice when they connect to one another. 
when you could plug them in to the other end and you could just keep plugging away. Meanwhile, this woman now gives me light bulbs or, I don't know, these bright bulbs that need to be plugged into their own outlet. Nine of them. Nine of them up the driveway. And, of course, you know, it was misery. Pure misery. So what happens when I go inside and, you know, after we took a look at everything, we're staring at the beautiful work that I did. We went inside and it was finally over. The kids went back to their mom's house. I took a look outside. I'm staring at everything, staring at my work. And what do I see? One of the big, fat, ugly, big bulbs, of course, the blue one, goes out right in front of my face. Just burns out. So I go outside. I shake it comes back on. So, well, maybe we'll get through the season. Then I look to my right and one of my penguin inflatables, there's no light in it. I'm like, oh God, that light is blown out. You know, so Christmas decorations, for those of you who may decorate for the holidays, are never without incident. There's no doubt about it. And this year was no difference, but I am, again, quite proud of myself that I was able to maintain my stability and get through it and not beat anybody up and not scream at anybody and, you know, stay on track. And it says, it speaks volumes in terms of what I've been going through also. I touched on it just a little bit before this story and that has to do with my depression. It really does. And simply put, without putting it into clinical or medical terms, this depression, although mixed and rapid cycling and not lasting for a whole long time, it's just too much. It's just too much. It's, I shouldn't be this depressed. And again, it doesn't last an extended period of time, a couple of hours, four hours the most. But it's too much. And it's not okay. And it makes me say to myself, well, what exactly do I need to do? And the, the correct answer would probably be call your doctor, get in for an appointment, and explain that your depression has been more than usual. But I refuse to do that. And, and why? I'll give you the straight answer. I'm afraid to take more medication. It's almost like I'm in a place where I'm able to work, I'm able to function, so I think, which I'll get to that in a minute, because I had some weird cravings that happened the last time that I went on Suboxone, but I'll get to that in a second. You know, some weird feelings that, um, that I should not be having, that I really should be consulting a doctor with, and, and I just don't want to go on medication because it's like, do I live my life and get through it and just deal with it, or do I risk going on a new medication, dealing with the side effects, and potentially not having it work, and I, I know it sounds silly, but I get so scared of those side effects. So I'm holding off for now, but what I wanted to touch upon was what made me realize last time that something was not right was the last time that I would reach for Suboxone. I've been on it twice, as I mentioned to everybody. Both times were about three years in length, maybe a little bit longer the first time around. And 
when I started feeling these mood swings on a more consistent basis, one thing led to another. First and foremost, I started to crave drugs, obviously. And if you remember, way back when, I talked about going on Suboxone because I wanted to avoid a relapse. And for me, Suboxone not only helps with opiates, but it prevents me from wanting to do cocaine, from wanting to drink, from wanting to smoke marijuana. So I reached for it. And in combination with the fact that it prevented me from doing drugs, I think it's actually a little bit more simpler than that. I think my mind was just all over the place and whacked out, not medicated properly. And I was suffering from bipolar disorder. And Suboxone was a quick fix for me. Gave me energy, kept me relatively stable, so I thought. And now all of a sudden, here I am again, and as I'm going through these mixed episodes and depressive-like feelings, the other day I said to myself, man, I wish I had Suboxone. Here's the difference. Thank good God. I had seven leftover boxes of Suboxone. Seven. That's 210 strips. For the way I took Suboxone, which was literally the size of a period mark, that would have lasted me until the day I died. Literally. I could have been on it for the rest of my life. And I threw the boxes out. They're gone. I want no part, guys. I want no part. I never want to have to battle back. I never want to have to get back into that stage of life where I am, you know, relying on something literally every single day. Now, listen to me. I am not saying that people should not be on Suboxone. Because I know I have ranted and raved about it. But let's be real, okay? As much as I feel like it's kind of like another crutch to some extent, for some people it's really not. For some people, it is honestly, legitimately the only way for them to stay clean. And if that is the case, if you need to be on Suboxone or you need to be on methadone to avoid doing heroin or avoid taking painkillers when they're not needed, then I need you to stay on those medication-assisted treatment plans. I do. I need you to stay on them. You know, and, t- and continue to stay on them until you feel like you're ready to come off, until a doctor feels like you're ready to come off, until you come up with a solidified plan. Most importantly, if you're on Suboxone and you decide to come off, it's probably a good idea to get rid of all of it, <laughs> like Mr. Joe did, instead of um, getting back into it and dipping into an old prescription pile. And then before you know it, you're back at a doctor once a week for 150 bucks a pop which is, you know, more or less cleaned me out at the time. It's a horrible, horrible thing again. I, I, you know, going back and forth to those doctors, and it's so interesting that the doctor that I saw finally got to a month, one-month visit. Uh, I never showed up at my last doctor's appointment. And by the way, like I said, there was no insurance. I was paying cash, but yet they continuously every month send me a $20 charge for a co-payment. And obviously I don't pay it ever. Um, and it has nothing to do with the $20 or, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with that. It's just the audacity of these people. Now, I have a feeling they send this to me because it has something to do with their health records. 
and they have to prove that, you know, I was a patient and they are continuously reaching out to me for the, for the sake of my health or my well-being. I don't know. I don't know, everybody. What I do know is this will lead me into the final thing that I wanted to talk about. And it, it shows me that the depression or the mixed episodes or the rapid cycling or all of the above are really, really starting to kick into high gear because I am, once again, overly paranoid about everything that is happening in my life. I'm nervous about things. I feel like every phone call is going to be the bearer of bad news. Everything that happens in my life, I anticipate the worst. And this has been going on for, you know, I'd say since Friday. Again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We're five days in to these feelings and they're not getting better. They're really not. I'm almost dreading everything that I have to do. And to me, that's not a good way to live. So as I, as I sit here and say that I'm not contacting my doctor, the more and more I think about it, the more I'm recognizing that something isn't right, clearly. Something isn't right. And medication changes are never easy. And we're not even saying that we have to necessarily make a change. Maybe we need to add something. Maybe I need to go up in Wellbutrin. I mean, I did not have a good um, reaction to my Wellbutrin last time around when I went up to 450. But it is possible to go up to 450. Maybe I didn't need it last time, and this time I need it. Maybe I don't have to add another medication. And I could just go up a notch in my Wellbutrin. Because 450 is, you know, you're allowed to go up to that. Again, I wasn't crazy about the side effects last time when I went up to 450, but I believe it was too much. Here I am talking to my audience and just rambling on and on about the incoherent decisions that we often make or don't make as people with bipolar disorder. And I should not be figuring this out on my own, really. I should be figuring it out with my doctor. You're talking about depression, you're talking about paranoia, you're talking about mixed episodes, rapid cycling, all of them which have reared their ugly heads over the last five days, and I'm just simply not used to this happening. But it's happening again. So it, it proves to me that there needs to be something done here, a medication change of some sort, or medication adjustment needs to be done sooner than later before this spirals out of control. And I am going to go on record by saying I'm going to take my own advice and the advice that I'm going to give to my entire audience and say to you, if things don't feel right, they're probably not right. Honestly, if things go a few days and they don't clear up and you're just not feeling better, odds are they're probably going to get worse before they get better. And in order to get better, you're going to need to speak to a doctor. And I think I've come to the conclusion that when Mr. Joe hits the stop button on this podcast, there is nothing wrong with shooting an email over to my doctor and letting her know and seeing what she says. You know, my fear is she's going to turn around and say Latuda. I don't want to be on Latuda. I don't know why, but I don't want to be on Latuda. I don't read a lot of great things about it, but meanwhile, everybody I talk to who's on it says it saved their lives. I don't need life-saving right now. I think that's the biggest problem, is I don't need to save my life. 
right now anyway. Give it another week, give it another two weeks, and we may be talking a different ball game because if this depression gets any worse, well, what happens if Mr. Joe becomes suicidal? Then I got to say to you, I, I guess I do need it for my life, for the benefit of living, for the benefit of staying well. I, I'm losing a lot of my thoughts, losing track of things that I say or things that I've said, unable to, to spiral back to what I was speaking about. So I, I don't want to say I'm a mess, everybody, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there, and it's important that I keep everybody up to date, keep you posted, uh, let you know exactly when I talk to my doctor, what my doctor says, and what the plan is. And hopefully everybody out there either listens to me, heeds my advice, or learns by my mistakes. Because that is the purpose of this entire podcast. Learn from Mr. Joe's mistakes, whether they were in the past or whether they're happening right now. And by God, let me tell you something, by not calling my doctor and arguing with myself for my podcast audience, I think I'm making a mistake. So I'll be contacting my doctor, that's for sure. If you are living with a mental illness right now and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or an addiction, please continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, please continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Be back again with you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. I'll keep you up to date on my medicine regimen.